At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Cancel Williams' contract, cancel David Luiz's, cancel Mustafi's, fuck them off and just play Martinelli in every position. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 33, with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend... Bradley Adams. Thanks for listening to the Different Knock Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Could you fucking imagine if we did that? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Fucking hell. It's, It's sort of one of those days... Like the last, go listen to the last podcast because eight game it's weeks. It's just one of those days, yeah. Where you go, why do I like football? Christmas got cancelled today in the UK, and I was in a I was in a horrific yeah. mood going into the into the game. Uh, I can't go home for Christmas, so I'm going to have to spend it here. Um, you can't go girl- home for Christmas? No, I can't. I'm in tier four. Oh um, well, I'm in tier four as well. But I when does tier four start? It Is starts it midnight tonight. It starts tonight, but essentially because we'd be mixing loads of households at my at my house, we can't do it. The restrictions don't allow it, so we've got. To, I've got to stay here. Are you joking? So that happened. No, I was on a family Zoom. Literally, I was like, "Right, guys, I've got to go. <laughs> I've got to go watch the Arsenal game." <laughs> and then that fucking shit show happened. Fucking hell. So, um, so I'm in a good mood. I we, we 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 might we might we might switch roles today, Brad. You might be the reasonable. Yeah, one. we probably might, will. I might be the one going. Get them all out! Get them out of my club! No, I'm. I'm very much. I'm in a. I'm in that mood. I'm just in a more. I think docile version of it. I put. I. I tweeted out my my feelings in in one concise tweet, which is that I just feel it's time for both sets of parties to go. I feel it's time for the manager to go, and I feel it's time for all of the players to go, because I think. I, I think it is. It is, and if. At the end of the day, there's, those are the only two things we can realistically change. Stan Kroenke has uh, 100% majority ownership of Arsenal. And uh, the Kroenkes have said in the past that they treat their businesses and assets as intergenerational things. So it's hand-me-downs. Stan will pass it down, will pass ownership down to Josh. That is likely what is going to happen. Um, but there are two things that we can change currently, and that's the manager and that's the players. And I think that Whilst the players are letting Mikel Arteta down, Mikel Arteta isn't offering anything. So it then becomes a very difficult conversation of, you know, somebody's not offering you anything in the job that you're paying them to do. What do you do about it? I think it's very much just the same vibe that uh, 
they're bo- they're both just letting e- each other down. You know, the players are letting Mikel down. But I, you see, the thing is, is I wouldn't be so. I think that he should go. Like, I think he should go on fucking Monday morning. I think that's it. And the only reason that I'm not um, almost not in the mood to give him another chance and a free swing of the dice at City and then go for Chelsea is there's one decision in this football game that speaks uh, to kind of Mikel Arteta's mindset almost or, or just his management style and how stubborn he is and how unwilling he is to waver. And that's he took Nicolas Pepe off instead of Willian. Willian had offered us nothing all game, was poor, was so, so poor, had offered us nothing, and he took Pepe off instead. And honestly, that was the point when I was like, no, I'm officially done with this manager. I'd be happy if if I found out he was sacked tonight because he's coming up with the same old bollocks in the press conferences that just don't mean anything. You can, if you dominate a game against but the thing is is we didn't dominate the game today but if you dominate a game against the burnley or if you dominate a game against the uh a spur like a jose marino spurs you know the 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 games that you're being allowed to dominate like this is the thing like you've not done anything special you know it's like me wanting people to clap me because i've walked into the middle of the room and taken a shit on the floor like I've I've done something that I can do. Do you know what I mean? It's not hard. He, and it would be I'm more just, than Willian did tonight. Yeah, and I, honestly, I'm just a bit. I'm past it. I I really am. I think that he's past it. And the thing is, is he looks clueless and bemused on the on the sidelines. If you can't tell what that is, that is Alex dipping into a second glass of wine. Uh, yeah, he looks bemused on the sidelines and like he just doesn't know what's going on. He 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 stood there like almost scratching his head at how his master plan has that hasn't been working for like twelve games is also now not working when he's picking the same players. And honestly, I think they both need to go. I think it's a situation where Mikel goes now and then you sell Willian. David Luiz, Granite Xhaka, and all of those absolute neeks in January. You just get rid of them for however much you can get for them. And then you pump money in and you rebuild from there. And you give a manager a fresh six months. Because the thing is, is Burnley are in the relegation zone, but they've got two games in hand on us. Like, we shouldn't be, with the quality of squad that we have, we shouldn't be talking about um, relegation. And yes, as much as that is 50% the player's fault, it is also 50% the fact that we've tactically set up in the same way we have since the big, the opening day of the league. And it's not been working since the second day of the league. Like, it's fucking stupid. What else do you reckon we could podcast about? Do you reckon, there's, do you reckon we have like enough knowledge on anything else? Um, I suppose musicals, considering we, we did train in musical make- theatre. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that. As soon as we train a musical theatre, maybe the wrong I think audience, we would both potentially. To, I think we'd also. I think we'd hate it. I think yeah. I, I couldn't think of anything less entertaining for us or pleasurable than just talking about musical theatre. Yeah, I think we might 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 have the wrong audience there. Uh, yeah. Listen, mate. I do you know what? I was thinking about this before. Do I want Mikel to go? And I don't. But not because he's not because I think he's doing a good job, not because I think actually I think he's doing well, but because I think if he go listen, 
if we keep him, we don't know how long this run's going to go. It could end up in an absolute shit show. If if he goes, we don't know who comes in. We don't know what happens. It could end up in an absolute shit show. So it's not. It's like it's like well, better the devil you know at this point, or or maybe not. Maybe is the grass greener? I do, honestly, I, mate, I do not know. And the thing is with it is like I don't think the grass is greener. I just think that it's 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 just a situation where Mikel several times has proved that he's inadequate for the job. I'm and that he's he's he is incapable of making the decisions that need to be made to be the manager of a football club. William has not offered us anything since the first day of the season and has still regularly started Premier League minutes. It's the yeah. same with so many players and it is just getting to a point where I can no longer in good faith defend him because of the way that he chooses to manage this football club. You know, he chooses to come out after every game and say, you know, well, we we, we put so many crosses in. We're crossing to people who are five foot eight when they've got Yeri Mina, who's six foot fucking four. Like Enketia does not jump like LeBron James. Like, it, it's just not going to happen. He's not going to win the header. And we are constantly persisting with tactics that do not work for the players that we have. Change the fucking tactics. Because it's not just, it's not that we just need to get into the groove of it. It's that we physically don't have the tools to do this thing. It's like trying to cut down a tree with a fucking hammer. Like, with a, just a little small nail hammer. It's not going to work. Get a fucking chainsaw. Or, don't cut down a tree. Go hang a picture in your house. <laughs> just fucking stupid it's so fucking stupid it honestly just baffles me and the, the it's almost the audacity to come out afterwards and be like oh yeah well we've lost the game on two big moments well yeah the opponent's scoring is two big fucking moments rob goal rob holding hitting putting a header that was going wide into his own net is a big moment us not man marking six foot nine colombian fucking mad lad yeri mina from a corner is a big moment to test how you coach and set up a football club. Like, I hate to say it, but he is just turning into a fucking Paella Pulis. I don't get it. <laughs> I definitely have stolen that game. I know you have. I was about to say you've definitely stolen that, but that is funny. <laughs> But like, uh, we're in a fucking relegation battle. We haven't systemically oppressed Spaniards, have we? Or maybe we have. Maybe I shouldn't be laughing at that. Um, okay. Um, listen, mate. I I, <laughs> I need to do some actual analysis. I'm, my head's absolutely spun. I think, okay, I, I kind of... The problem is, right, I'm just using about 14 qualifiers. Let me actually make a point. Mikel Arteta comes out after games and says we dominated the game we we actually played quite well and I, do you know what like for periods of that game don't jump in don't say oh, it right. <laughs> for periods of that game we were doing all right there were bits where we especially like towards the end i thought you know we were we we looked on top of them we were, we were creating chances we were getting some nice balls out there were some mm-hmm. decent nice balls over from Tierney to pepe there were some nice nice bits of play from Ceballos here and there when he wasn't missing um, there was some nice balls in from Tierney. There was some Saka that had some nice moments. You know, there was there was enough individual quality on display. I think the problem is, is it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the problem. It doesn't fucking matter. It, it like doesn't the, matter. And, and, and I kind of, um, you know, I don't want to, I, f- I feel like I'm slightly in the middle of a, a disillusionment and, you know, am I, the, the, the big question is, is this all a big process that we're going to see the dividends of in six months time and we're just in the teething problems period or are we witnessing a manager who is out of his depth or all those sorts of things? The problem is, is there's no precedent for this manager to have turned it around ever before. He's never turned, he's never been in this situation before and turned it around. So we don't know. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. There's so many unknowns. And this mm-hmm. is the problem with hiring an, an inexperienced manager. I think it was the right decision at the time. It looked like the right decision. Um, I I honestly think I th- I think we're wrong. <laughs> we're we're we've managed we've managed to as a club get to a st- situation where if we sack Arteta, that's a stupid decision. And if we don't sack Arteta, that's a stupid decision. <laughs> genuinely. Yeah. I genuinely believe genuinely. on both counts. If we if we don't sack him, we're 15th. What the fuck is going on? Like, we're, we're, football is a results-based thing. Why is he coming out after the game and doing all these things? If we keep him... Um, sorry, if we don't sack him... Well, I can't. I can't. I'm honestly, my head's absolutely spun. I can't remember which way around. But you know what I mean. But like, it, no, no, in- no. I, 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 I know what you mean. It's, it's because it's a situation where we've let players get so comfortable that they've like Granit Xhaka has managed to sack three managers. That's why it doesn't like, matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we sell if, if we sell Arteta. Which we could. It doesn't matter if we sack Arteta. It doesn't matter. It's but it 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 almost it does. As in, like the situation is is. If we're going to sack Arteta, we also have to clear the players out in January. Because I don't think you can I don't think you do one without the other. This is what I'm saying. If you're unwilling to cut ties with Granite Xhaka, with Alexandra Lacazette, with Mustafi, with Kalazanak, with Socrates, with all of these players and just send them away in January or literally on free transfers or whatever and pump millions of pounds into this club then there's no point sacking Arteta other than you might get a new manager boost but, but this the is the is, issue it's a it's a business there, well, you need this to sack Arteta like it's a business it's 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 uh, a uh, business also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah the musicals podcast coming like the the problem is mate like it's a bit like and I completely agree like I completely agree you can't do one without the other I completely agree if I honestly like Willian's performance this evening, and I and I hope this isn't going to come back to bite me on the bum and be a reactionary thing, is like contract cancellation level bad. Oh, that was one one of, one, one of the worst performances I've ever horrific. seen from a footballer, and not because like actually he he was quite tidy in places, but in terms of the actual a bit like the ability that Willian has and the effort that Willian put in, the disparity between those two things. It's disgraceful. I remember after, I think it was the, the Leicester game, potentially, I, I had a bit of a rant. I was going, I will forgive anything around this club. I, I'm a very patient fan. Everyone knows this. But what I will never, ever forgive is a player not trying. And Willian did not. You cannot yeah. tell me that I saw he, um, he uh, I think he took someone's shirt at the end. And someone on Twitter said like, well, they obviously wanted the freshest shirt. So they went for Willian. <laughs> it's so true. He was on for 90 minutes. Did he break a sweat? Did he look as if he was trying at any point? Did he run after? Did he press anyone? Like, none of these players are good enough. None of them are. Apart from four or five of them are good enough. And, and like, mm-hmm. there's some others who might be good enough. But apart from that, like, we are in 
an absolute mess. And that is years of mismanagement. Yeah. So this is my point is, you know, yes, let's sack Arteta. Great. But that the manager comes in and they and they're 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 in the same situation as Arteta. You just got hope for that new manager bump. This is what I'm saying. But we had you, that. You we sat, came the eight. Thing is, is we had it you, and we came eight know, last season. So it doesn't I know, matter. But the thing is, is no. But the thing is, is we had a start like this. As in, like we had the same. We had a similar start like this. We sacked our manager. We got a new manager bump. We got eighth and we won an FA Cup. We need to get that new manager bump or fresh set of ideas to maybe get a few of the players that we can't get out until the summer or until January back on board so that then in the summer and January we can have a clear out and fresh ideas. This is the issue. We, this, I think this, this, this obviously, if we're talking about at the macro level, stems from years of mismanagement. But I think this specific issue stems from about 12 months of mismanagement. It spent. It stems from twelve months of not getting players out when we should have. Not like uh, why the fuck didn't we sell Lacazette to Roma, and then buy a, a buy a new striker if we were going to play this crossing technique? Why the fuck didn't we go and sign some six foot six behemoth up front if all we're going to do is slang the ball into the box? This has come from six to 12 months of piss poor management by Edu, by Arteta, by Vinay and by the Cronkies. You know, it's all well and good getting in a Thomas party. But if we're not, it, because we have good, we have good forward players. Nicolas Pepe is not a bad forward player. But as in, he might not be the world beater that everyone, you know, raved about and thought he would be, but he'll, he's still a good player. Aubameyang, two golden boots to his name. You know, and then Saka, one of the brightest young talents in the Premier League. Like all of these players can offer us something. But the issue is, is we are not playing to their strengths. We're playing in Ketia or Lacazette through the middle and trying and expecting them to act almost like fucking Miralav closer, like some six foot four absolute flying salmon of a player who's going to leap through the air and head it in and it's not going to happen and this is the issue if we're not going to sign players to suit this play style we cannot play this play style and yes we can talk about players letting manager down because they absolutely have but the one thing that we can change right now before we face Chelsea before we face Brighton and before we face I think it's West Brom maybe on the 2nd of January is we can change the manager who might be able to come in give us a little bit of a bump and I, I don't even think it needs to come in on a permanent basis I would give someone the job for six months and spend six months finding the right candidate to click because this is I know it sounds I was I was thinking about this a lot post the game and I actually I was like looking at it and going this is the perfect time to get a new manager in as in like or to plan for your next dynasty almost in the summer we're having a complete refresh so many players are leaving so many players contracts are expiring and whether we get rid of them in January or we get rid of them in the summer it's it's going to refresh it's almost like hitting a, like a reboot button on this team so many members will be gone so it is almost the perfect time to rebuild for a new tactic my only issue is is i want to get to that tactic in the premier league and not the fucking championship and not like a manager who's going to take us to the championship because he refuses from a point of of ego because it is ego now because he's not falling on his sword to change it. So I, I I don't think Arteta's currently up to the job. I think that 
We should, if we were going to bring him in, we should have brought him in as an assistant manager to Arsene Wenger and had the two of them dovetail in the role and then had Wenger assist him as manager. So, uh, but none of this has happened. One of the things that was, I was really against Mikel getting the job uh, when we were first linked before we got Emery. And then I was really, really for it. And now I'm starting to realise one of the main reasons that we went for Mikel Arteta is because our board didn't want to spend any money because you have to pay managers to get them yeah. out of their contracts. Yeah, I thought the we weren't going to pay Leicester something like I think it was fifteen million or something stupid. Mm. Leicester had a clause in Rogers's contract to get him out of it. We weren't going to pay that. We weren't going to pay Wolves for Nuno Espirito Santo. We weren't going to pay Mourinho's we weren't gonna wages. Pay Mourinho's wages. We weren't going to pay Leipzig for Julian Nagelsmann. We weren't going to pay Borussia Mönchengladbach for Marco Rosa. We weren't going to pay uh, Ajax for Eric Ten Hag. We weren't going to pay these fees. And Arteta is an assistant manager that we got for a million pounds. Mm-hmm. was the compensate like and now I see why because again it's cuss cutting and okay he came in and got his and we got a new manager boost we got a new manager bump and he set us up defensively and it worked really well but I think now the players have started to realize that this guy doesn't have doesn't have a clue and I'm starting to see it I'm starting to look at him on the sidelines going like why isn't this working I don't know and we've seen over a thousand minutes of football, nearly 2000 minutes of football this season from this team playing the same tactic and it only working against fucking Dundalk in the Europa League. I think Arteta has a clue about football. I think he's very wayward in terms of actual management. They're very he's an manage. assistant manager. He's the guy that he's, speaks in he, your ear and goes, maybe try this because they're doing this and this will give you a new fresh spin. He Well, I actually I I I think from everything we've heard, I think he's a very I think he's a very good better footballing brains than you and I have said he's a very good footballing brain. I think it's but that, but man actually managing a team is a very very different thing. I I I I I agree man what, like what you're just saying like the you know the yeah what, what, what the, the you know he as in that maybe get someone in for six months that sort of thing yeah I think that could happen equally I kind of believe in the Arteta project long term but it's gonna are we gonna slide too far before that happens are we gonna get moment, relegated at the moment yeah yeah I don't know the but I mean the I mean the big thing for me I guess it kind of depends what what you think is the biggest issue and for me like the the players and the the lack of form and the lack of ability of a lot of these players is the problem. I mean, we, listen, you know, we were... We were 100%. We were, we were missing... That's, for me, the main issue. Like, as in, I don't think Arteta's the most talented manager yet. I think he's a good coach, probably. But, like, he's he's not managed this situation very well. Because what he's got is a, gr- is a massively bloated group of players who don't want to play for him. Because they know they'll be gone. Willian knows he's gone soon. And then he knows he's not long-term Arteta's and he runs around. Sabahis probably knows he's going back to Madrid. David Luiz knows he's going in yeah, the Fucking in, in send the him back. I'll, I'll, I'll drive the cunt back. <laughs> um, you know, Lacazette probably knows he's going. All these players know they're going. And then you've got this kind of other group of, you know, the kind of the Urzils and the Socrates and the Salibas who aren't even in the squad anyway. Got, I mean, that, that's part of the management problem. That's something he hasn't managed well. But also, in terms of the actual team he's putting out, let me ask you this. Out of the starting eleven tonight, genuinely, I'm really asking the question: Do any of them, the starting eleven that, that started tonight, get in a top six team? I would say um, maybe, as in, and, and and let's you know, let's be specific. 
maybe, maybe, the only candidates I can think of are Leno, Tierney, Saka. Maybe. In specific uh, teams and in specific systems if, and in specific moments. Yeah. I, 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 They're I'd not agree with good you. I'd enough. Say, I'd say Abamyang. I would say Abamyang. But, no, but of the is, players right. who started tonight, of the, just of the players who started tonight. Oh, okay. oh of yeah. Those, players who started tonight, of course, yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to run through the starting lineup in my Leno, head. Leno, Holding, David Luiz, Tierney, Maitland Niles, Ceballos, El Neni, Saka, Pepe, Nketiah, Willian. I'll even give you, I'll even give you the subs Willock, Martinelli, and Lacazette. I'm saying starting uh, 11s. Starting. Starting 11s. Starting 11s. Uh, l- I wouldn't even say Leno, I don't think. No, because, because who have you got? You've got Alisson. You've got Alisson for Liverpool. You've got Edouard Mendy for Chelsea. Erdison for that. De Gea. De Gea. And then Lloris. I'd say, and I'd say he's worse than all of them. So I'd, I'd say Tierney starts in a few of them. Maybe maybe, oh, maybe for, for United, probably not for Chelsea over Chilwell, probably not for City. I, no, I'd definitely, I'd definitely say over Chilwell. I'd say over Chilwell. Okay. I wouldn't say in City's team. I wouldn't say in Liverpool's team. Uh, I'd say Regulon is currently outperforming him, yep. but I think I don't know how much of that is down to the team actually being able to perform yeah. versus actual yeah. ability. But yeah. yeah, I think Tierney probably starts for two clubs. Yeah. Mm, is that it? And, like, and then, and then, and then, and what, Saks, let's say. I, Sa- I don't think Saka's. I, again, I don't think Saka would start for any of them. Saka's a promising Saka, young player. That's what he is. But he, he wouldn't be. St- but this he, is what I mean. He wouldn't start for a city. He's the Phil Foden of City. Phil exactly. Foden had to wait like three years to start getting regular minutes until David Silva fucked off to Spain again. Like, it's just. This is. And this is the it thing. Is, is, it's beyond wherever belief. You, wherever you look. Wherever you look, if we played Gabriel Party in Abamyang, I'd be in with a shout. But like this evening, when they're out, who have we got? <laughs> it's just. Are you like? Are you packing away? Are you moving house? No, no, no. Moving sorry, to another country. Sorry, sorry, that was mate. I fucking was. No, that was my mic box, and it just kept fucking like tipping over and making noise. So I just put it on a more stable. No, what you you were moving house, um, Brad? You were moving to another country. You're gonna change your identity, mate change my identity and start supporting like fuck it. I'm going to start supporting Villarreal I'm now starting to see the error of my ways and Unai Emery right was so let down by these players you think Baku Baku like how are players that fucked Baku so hard still in this squad fuck Granit Xhaka didn't even play tonight but fuck Granit Xhaka yeah give me some stats I think I've seen the stat you're going to say to me Arsenal's 14 points from 14 games this season is their worst record at this stage of a season since the 1974-75 campaign. Uh, Everton have won two of their last three home games against Arsenal, as many in their previous 11 against them at Goodison Park. Uh, Arsenal haven't scored from open play in any of their last five Premier League away games, with their two goals on the road since Alexandre Lacazette's strike against Liverpool coming from the penalty spot. Uh, I just think it's it's time. I do. And I think it's it would. The thing is, right, is I believe in Mikel, Mikel Arteta's long term potential, but it's the same thing. It's like, would you play a young centre back who has never played a game of football before and keeps having howlers letting in goals in your team if you're trying like it? it, it 
the thing I said it before, you need to do both things. We need to bin off six or seven players as soon as possible. If if Batiste, and this is the thing, this is why I do believe Arteta needs to go. Because if Batiste come in for Willian, Willian needs to go. He has shown us nothing over the last six months. And um, Arteta has been coming out in press conferences and saying, you know, he needs time to adapt to tactics and this and that. When when we fucking signed him, the Neek came out and said that he was a ready-made signing because he was coming from Chelsea. Make up your fucking mind. This is why he needs to go because he and this is that is that is the. That was the decision. That was that was what we saw tonight. He took off Nicolas Pepe, who would offer... He, I mean, he didn't offer us much. I'm not saying that, but he still offered us more than Willian tonight. And he, like, he didn't take off Willian. And this is why. He is putting the nails in his own coffin. And I will no longer defend him. If they sack him in the morning, I will be happy. Because at least I might see some change. I'll be disappointed that that hasn't worked out for him because I do think he has potential. But at the end of the day, nobody is bigger than this club. Nobody is bigger than my club. He can fuck off, we'll get a new manager in and we'll try again. But... If, if you're not willing to stand up and understand that you were the person making mistakes, then fuck off and we'll get somebody else in who's going to try something different. Just for the soundbite, I want to clarify, I'm not Mikel in or Mikel out. I'm fuck this club. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, I really, no, I'm I don't fully, think- I, I'm not, the thing is, is I'm not, it's I, like, it's hard to say whether you're, some because at the end of the day i can i can see a version of this timeline in an alternate fucking reality where we sold the players that we needed to sell in the summer and we bought a few more players in and this is a completely different and rejuvenated squad but we didn't do that so we can only go with what we've got and this currently is not good enough and i could see arteta being successful with a better team and with somebody to guide him but that's not the situation that we currently have and i'm it's it's almost like I'm not willing to let him have the opportunity. It sounds ridiculous, but I'm not willing to let him have the opportunity to turn it round on the risk that he doesn't and he gets us fucking relegated. Wouldn't be good for the brand. I think Arteta gets a handsome, handsome like boost. Like I reckon he gets like oh, five more games. Oh, if he communicated in the same way that Emery, 100%. Yeah, yeah. If he communicate, if he had the same communication issues as Emery, just in press conferences, I'm not even talking about tactically yeah, to the players. Yeah, he'd have gone after the if Burnley he had this, game. He, he would have gone after the Burnley game. This would be it. But he's handsome and he can speak good English. And this is the, like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I've, I've never been a manager in or a manager out because I think that, like we've always said on this podcast, it's a very macro issue and this club has been so mismanaged for the last five to ten years that it is not even, I don't even really blame Arteta for a lot of it. I just blame him for his tactical fucking naivety. But it is time. It is time to... Say it. Say it. It's, it's Say time it. to go. <laughs> that wasn't come on you got to it's time it's you got, time you got to, to go you got to get the uh. um should we talk about the actual game then uh, do, you know, do you know what I don't even think I want to mate we, should, we probably but should yeah. a little bit at least we probably should <laughs> just a little bit um okay so the lineup then I mean we can't we've been through it actually but we obviously know about we with a calf strain uh, where are we? We had, um, yeah, we had David Luiz and holding in, um, David Luiz in for Gabriel holding, um, holding out in the center of our defense at the moment. Um, clearly he sees him. How is he cap? How did he captain this club? 
Yeah, that was a strange decision, especially when David Luiz started. And I think that was a big shot across David Luiz's bow, though. Because... And Leno. Yeah, and then the kind of the conversations around whether David Luiz and Arteta have been, um, have been in conflict. Uh, interesting. Um, I mean, I wish Dominic. Oh, on 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 again. On a side note, I wish Dominic Calvert Lewin played for this club. Yeah, he's he's. <sighs> He's a stunning footballer, mate. He's oh, so do, you, do, you want, do you want to? Do you want to? Know? <laughs> I've got a funny stat for you before we start the analysis. Oh Jesus, gone! Liverpool today scored eighty percent of Arsenal's season goal tally in a single game. Mo Salah in twenty minutes has more direct goal contributions than Aubameyang this season. Arteta out, players out, we're in the mud. Yeah, there was a moment in the Liverpool game, right, which I thought kind of sums it all up, really. There's a moment where they're like 6-0 up or something. Trent has the ball and he plays a pass to, I think it's either Fabinho or Matip or whoever is at their centre-back. He plays the ball... I'm going to say about half a metre away from Benteke, like round Benteke to Fabinho. It's not even a it's not even a good pass, but the audacity to have a striker there and just go, do you know what? I don't, honestly, we're so good. I don't even care if you intercept this ball. It's, it was, it was just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't really describe it on like audio platform, but if, I hope you, if you watch the game, I hope you remember it. It's just pure confidence. Um, right, anyway, and we also have the nine subs. It was nice to see Smith Rowe and Martinelli on the bench. Um, don't know where Nelson is. I think he's still recovering from a, a, um, a knock, but uh, fucking hell. Um, okay, yeah, I thought uh, we I actually missed the first five minutes of the game because uh, my family were having a crisis talks about Christmas. But once I got in, um, I thought we were, I thought we were all right. We were sort of okay i thought everton were on top of us to be honest we had something like 30 percent possession or, or in the first sort of period they were all over us lasted 22 minutes before we conceded yeah it lasted 22 minutes which wasn't bad um the goal itself was very yeah i mean holding just yeah. it's sort of one of those situations where you can't really blame a player but at the same time you are a bit like you fucking idiot like he didn't mean it but you're, you are a bit like you fucking buffoon a better player doesn't do that that's the thing with with own goals, right? It's one of those things where you don't catch Virgil scoring many own goals. Do you know what I mean? You don't catch like Varane scoring many own goals. So I don't know. It's a bit, yeah. It's a bit. It's a bit. You you catch the Jamie Carragher's scoring own goals. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's um. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a funny one. And then after the the goal, actually, I thought we were. We were fair. We sort of picked it up, really. I mean, to be honest, it kind of, you know, obviously the the the, the penalty happened. Um, it's a nice combination play. I thought I thought um, Maitland Niles did well. He had some really nice one. He's really good one on one. He should be playing over Bellerin every time, for my opinion. From from my two yeah. cents, I think he's much more athletic. He's much Bellerin's more... gone in January. Yeah, I think Maitland Niles is much more um, athletic, much more good, as I say, good with 1v1, good, better defensively than, than Bellerin, much more smart, much more calm, much more composed, can use both feet, really good, and can get beyond as well in the way Bellerin can't, and Maitland Niles can whip a decent ball in, just as good as Bellerin. Um, yeah, and then obviously we had our, our penalty moment. I did think it was a penalty. Like, 
it was one of them situations where if that if we were on the other side of things, I would have felt a little bit aggrieved. But it was a penalty. But yeah, and Pepe obviously slotted it away nicely. And then I think when that goal went in at the end of the first half, I just went, okay, <laughs> that's that then. <laughs> I think I genuinely, at the end of the first half, I think I genuinely was watching, I, I just closed my laptop screen and went, that's that. <laughs> like, you just know. You know they're going to sit in. And then for the second half, they sat in their low block. They had their nice time on the ball. We we tried, we, we stuck it wide. We had some, you know, decent moments here and there, but no cutting edge. The players are not good enough, and I'm sorry to bring it back to a macro conversation, but it just, you know, that's the problem. Is is it's so difficult to analyze a game where the macro problems are so obvious, so obvious. Yeah, one hundred percent. It just becomes a big, like, because we. This is what I mean by, and th- I think this again, it falls under this kind of macro conversation level. Like that's why it pisses me off about Arteta because it's simple shit. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's so obvious that the mistakes that this club have been making or have made, but they just continue to make them. And, you know, it's, it's it just gets to a point where you're like, well, what the fuck can we actually do about it anymore? Like, what realistically, what can we do about it? What can we? There's nothing. We can just sit here and hope that they make better decisions but it's not like they seem almost inclined to fucking do so. So what did you think of their goal? Uh, which one? The Yerimina one. Uh, I thought it was poor from us because it's pretty much like, I know, I think it's, is it Pepe that loses him? I think maybe. So I mean, like I think Saka's marking him or something. It's it's something ridiculous like that. I I I can't remember exactly, but I remember I remember looking at the player, thinking that's a very small player against a very big very Yerimina. Big, yeah, and I was <laughs> I, that, that that again for me. I was just like, well, this is fucking great, isn't it? Like what this? It was almost like as soon as soon as the ball got crossed in, and I'm and this is no word of a lie. When they've they've scored, literally as soon as they hit the ball in, and I saw the runs, I was like, this is in. What is our set piece coach doing? I don't know, Alex. I genu- I genuinely don't know because seriously, that was seriously like an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment of a set piece. Let me just hang on. Oh, have we conceded a set piece goal in our last three games? We conceded one against Everton. We conceded. How? Oh, what was our goal? I oh, know this. That was the Walcott goal. We conceded one against Burnley. We conceded two set piece goals in three games. Yeah, which isn't good. It's not good. And we also look small. There was a camera angle of like Calvert-Lewin, Yerry Mina. I know Everton are quite a big team, but we looked small. This is the problem with like, like Nketiah. I'm like, Nketiah is fine, but he's what, 21 now? He can't, he's too, he looks like a kid in an adult's game. And this is, and again, sorry to bring it back to the macro conversation, but this is the thing. Stick following Balogun up there. What's the worst that can happen? We lose another game. We were already losing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, mm. Obviously, Martinelli coming back was one of the only real positives. Um, offered us more in 20 minutes than William has offered us since Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he obviously works hard. I think I think Martinelli has that kind of star boy, unshakable confidence thing that just, you know, he, he does isn't affected by it. And he's he's happy to just play play his game, whatever happens. But. Yeah, I think I think Arteta is um 
you know, I think he's aware of that. He's there was some comments midweek where he basically said when when Martinelli's on the uh, on the uh, on the training ground, it's a very different training ground, which says a lot. When you know a nineteen-year-old or eighteen-year-old, however old he is, changes the entire face of a of a yeah, men's professional we, training oh, like, training system. Oh. Cancel Williams' contract, cancel David Luiz's, cancel Mustafi's, fuck them off and just play Martinelli in every position. Well, this is the thing. So so I know cancelling contracts is, is pretty is pretty drastic, right? But in terms of the financial thing, if you had to pay off the rest of the contract, okay, is that I I don't I genuinely don't know, I'm asking. If you just have to pay off the rest of the contract, does that not send a really good message? of going, if you underperform for us, yeah, okay, sure, we'll pay you off, but you have the shame of having your contract cancelled by a club because you're performing that badly. Like, for example, and uh, you know, and it may well be that it's a, it's a case of going, okay, well, you know, we don't have the money up front, but if we could, could arrange some kind of deal where we go, okay, William, you're not actually playing for us. Anymore. You are that bad. You are performing that badly. But again, it's the asset management thing. It's a business. It's not it's where the sport meets the business that the problems come and it's pie in the sky stuff to say we're going to cancel a contract but it does it does feel like i want to go okay but surely there's something we can do here if a a message to be sent to the williams to the mustafis to the lacazettes of going you are performing so poorly for this club and clearly don't care to that extent that you you actually I don't know that deserve look, to be the, here with the mustafi one yeah with the mustafi one and with the the issue is, is the financial implication of cost. Uh, in the if we were to cancel Williams' contract right now, it cost us about eighteen million quid because he's got no. because he's he's on about one hundred and twenty k a week, oh. and we've got two and what two and a half, three and a half. Yeah, I think it's a guaranteed two and a half years left on the contract. So the whole contract is something like eighteen something million quid. Two and a, we've got and Brad. Then, no, hang on, what Brad? We've got two and a half years left of Willian. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially, yes. If he sees out his contract to the final day, it's I think it's a guaranteed two and a half years with a possible of an extra year on top. So it could even be three and a half years. Um but this is the this thing, club. right? <laughs> yeah, knowing this fucking club, if Arteta stays in charge, uh, because he sucks him off. Um Yeah, it is just like if it's the financial implication of cancelling a Williams contract, just like, you know, we didn't cancel Meza Urzel's contract even though we weren't going to register him, because to cancel it up front, we'd have to give him £18 million. We can't even give Fulham £12 million for Buendia in the summer. Like, And this is what makes moves like Socrates to um, PSG stranger, in that PSG apparently came in quite close to the deadline, or, or deadline day, uh, in the summer and offered to take him for the year and we said no and then we didn't register him in the Premier League squad like that makes no sense and you know I think I can't remember who it was it might have been Mustafi was being linked to Napoli or it might have even been Socrates was being linked to Napoli um, but they didn't want to pay any money if we weren't going to register him yeah I think it was Socrates if we weren't going to register him just let him fucking have him because it means you don't pay him. Like, and it also, there's asset it, management, but once you've got to that level, yeah. there is, there is no return. Once you've been that stupid. 
This is the thing. Once and you, you also think create, that's stupid, you cut create, your fucking losses. You create groups at the, at the training ground. This is, the, I think, what we're seeing. And, and whoever the mole is, is probably in a group where they're going, well, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to be registered. I'm not going to... I'm just seeing out the I'll rest of my contract. say whatever the fuck I want. So I'll get a bit of extra money selling this story to the, the Sun or the Mirror or whatever it is because I don't care. Of course you would. Of course you, of course you fucking would. So this is the problem. And like, this was on the Arsenal Vision podcast, but they were talking about um, Arsene Wenger's um, tenure. And they were saying, you know, he always had quite a tight squad. And now that was, you know, he went a bit far and had sort of three centre-backs at one point. I think it was um, Gabriel, Paulista, Koscielny and Mertesacker and no one else. That's a bit too far for me. But we, I saw a stat the other day. We have 19, Brad, 19 centre-backs. Let me just find this. It's 19 centre-backs on in terms of our... Because we just signed Omar Rekic. Let me just find this stat. It's 19 centre-backs. Um, I don't want to say eligible because I, I could... Here we go. 17, sorry. When Omar Rekic signs, Arsenal will have 17 centre-backs on professional contracts, including those on loan. Professional contracts. So they could play for the first team. We have 17 people who could play in two positions. Maybe three sometimes. What? How is that smart? How on... We're such a dumb club. We're such a dumb club. <sighs> this it's, is... Ri- it's just it, painful, mate. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, really hard. We've had a question from... Uh, Jamesy, who is at James Addison. And he says, who would you have as manager short term if Arteta was sacked next week? And who would you have as manager long term if he was sacked at the end of the season? Which I think is a good question. Kind of leads on from what we were saying earlier. Uh, do you want me to go first or have you got an answer? Um, I have one. I do have one. Go on. Okay. So the, I think the short term is more difficult because you are... Uh, you're bringing in somebody on the knowledge that they're not going to be there for long. We've missed out on Big Sam. Yeah, missed out on Big Sam. But even then, I I wouldn't. I don't even. I... No, we no no I no 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 no, no, more... no no no. Things get bad. We're not considering Big Sam. Don't do that. To yeah, me. no, of course, no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But what I'm saying is, is signing a manager for six months is very difficult because you and. <laughs> By letting Freddie leave, we left our almost one promotable candidate. So mm, it feels yeah. like that is the toughest question is, who do you bring in for six months? Rogue shout, Arsene Wenger. <laughs> this is clickbait. That is not this what is I click- This is for the memes. This is for the memes. This is for... Genuinely... This is for the podcast, like, Anums, when we look back in 10 years' yeah. time, we go, do you remember when you suggested Arsene Wenger see us at the end of the season? <laughs> Genuinely. I justify don't know your, I, justify like, that, Brad. Go on. I'm listening. I'm not, I'm, um, I, I will not judge you until you justify it. Uh, he has said before that he, you know, still has a very great affinity for the club, a great love for the club, that Arsenal is his club. And I think he is genuinely the highest quality of manager that we could get in and convince to probably only stay for six months. And that is the only reason why. Because I wouldn't want it to be longer than six months, but I genuinely just, I can't think, and it might might be in my own brain, but we've now gotten rid of every promotable candidate. 
There's no Freddie Lundberg. There's no one else with like a great affinity to the club or with a great name within the club that we could promote. There's nobody that, none of the coaching staff, nobody that automatically pings out and you go, or maybe even Thierry Henry, you know, get him over from, I think he's in Montreal. Uh, I think at Montreal Impact. Or Vieira at Nice, but again, these are Vieira's just been so sacked from brand. a stint at Nice in this. But but it's but it's also it's it's more that how do you convince these people to leave jobs that they're in to come in for six months? And I think maybe Henri, though that just came to head, might be a shout because we could almost have an Ollie style deal in which that when Ollie first came in to mm. United, it was alone, and yeah. he was going to go back to Molda. Uh, and maybe we could do that, seeing as the MLS season has ended. It, it, I don't. It, I'm pretty sure they're not playing at the moment. So, Brad, you chat a lot of shit, but this is actually quite smart. You know, do you know what I mean? In that, I don't think that there is anyone else other than Wenger because he loves the club and might just say yes to coming in for six months. Henri because the MLS currently isn't playing, and if we could convince Vieira because he he doesn't have a job, uh, and then. Um, my dream candidate for who to take over in the summer would probably be Pots. either Marco. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Either Marco Rosa from Borussia Mönchengladbach or Julian Nagelsmann from Leipzig. But both of those people are going to be quite difficult to get because Dortmund have just sacked their manager. So. Both of them, I, I definitely know that the Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, manager has been linked with that job already, and it might look likely that he'll move there. Um, but in failing either of those two, either a Poch or, uh, I mean, you can, Graham Potter's not a bad shout. He was playing some good, like Brighton play some good football. They've just got shit players. Um. Yeah, the dream, I mean, the dream for me would be probably like a Nagelsmann or a Rosa or an Eric Ten Hag or someone of that ilk rather than recycling the same managers that aren't doing well at other clubs. I want to poach a manager from a club that's doing well. Mm. Um, so they would they would be my shouts. What about you? <sighs> Uh, to, to be honest, mate, I I really haven't given it much thought in terms of I haven't like looked around and gone, oh yeah, they'd be good, they'd be good, they'd be good. Uh, it, it depends what you're doing. Are we asking? Are we asking for? In terms of James's question, it was who would you get in on a six month basis and who would you get in on a permanent basis? On a six month basis, I I, <laughs> I, I laughed, but Arsene is not the worst idea. It's not the worst idea you've ever had. Um, or, or Henri, because or Henri. Not, he's not currently the, in a... The, like, and, yeah. and do you know what? He would He would be the sort of person who I don't believe necessarily has the... He's sort of a Michael Jordan in that he was so good that I don't believe he could ever really be a manager because he's just so unbelievably talented at football that he would just find it too hard to be a manager and manage mm-hmm. situations because he'd just go for the elite level world class. Like, and Arsenal aren't why there. Why aren't you shit? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Arsenal aren't there, so he'd just find it difficult. To actually build up a a, um, a dynasty or, or, or a team there, Wenger, yeah, not a bad shout. But in terms of who I'd want to take on, take us forward for the next three, four, five years, I think Poch, mate. I like. I don't hate the idea. I quite like the fact that it would piss off Spurs fans, 
But most importantly, he's managed in the Premier League. I don't think we get him. No, I don't think we would. I, I think he's, uh, most importantly, he's managed in the Premier League. Oh, and also what you're saying earlier about wages and stuff, whether he, you know, w- whether we'd actually pay his wages. He's managed in the Premier League. He did well in the Premier League. He's shown that he has got through bad times and good times. He's, he's shown that he is someone who can manage a team in the Champions League. He's shown that he is someone who can... And this is the this is the thing. He's clearly a talented coach. He got the team playing well. But most importantly, he managed situations well. He managed, he managed over the years, he managed situations to get to a point where the club is healthy. The club is in a good place. The club is moving forward. I don't think any football fan, there's a few of them, obviously, but I don't think many football fans, let's say that, are of the opinion of like, we want Premier League titles tomorrow. Football fans just want to feel like they are on a path. Progressing. Progressing. And I think Pochettino and Spurs, they felt like they were progressing. You know, you look at, if I just do a quick Google of Tottenham Premier League finishes. Um, oh, yeah, they'd only finished in the top four, I think, twice before Poch came in or something. Let me just find that. So they they came... So they had Redknapp and they were doing decent. They came eighth, sort of fourth, fifth and fourth. Villas-Boas came in, came fifth. Sherwood came sixth. Pochettino came in, they came fifth. And from there, they came third. They came second in 16-17. They came third. He objectively improved them from their sixth position under Tim Sherwood, right? He objectively moved them up the table and kept them. And the, the most important part of it is that he kept them there. They were consistent. They were consistently fifth, third, second, third. Okay, they dropped down a fourth and then he went, right? But for that period of time, they were moving forward and they were objectively getting better and you can look at all the things around them, whatever. But ultimately, that club, and he also saw them the move into the new stadium and all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, the... the, the, the and he didn't have much investment. I think he's a really, really, really good manager. I like the way he speaks. I like the way he yeah. um, appears 100%. to be very pragmatic. I, appear, I like the way he um, appears to handle players. I think, and not to repeat myself constantly, but like the the management thing is so different. I think Arteta is so he's a very rigid guy, and and when we when we came in, like that's what we loved because we'd had, you know, we'd we, we'd had this this coach in Unai Emery who was very uncommunicative in terms of well, not uncommunicative, but he was very his communication was poor. We'd had Arsene who seemed to let things slide and we had Unai who seemed to not be able to control the players. We then had someone coming in and telling us, okay, this is how we're going to live. This is how, these are the values. These are my non-negotiables. And what we've seen is the sliding of that. Now, I don't completely blame Arteta for those, but Arteta has not been able to enact, for whatever reason, for inexperience, for, for um, you know, for, for, for lack of uh, consistency, whatever it is, he hasn't been able to enact the non-negotiables that he came in and set out. And that's because I don't necessarily believe that a manager, like you can come in and set non-negotiables, but a manager has to manage situations and every situation needs a different feeling, a different timbre, a different weight, a different um, style, a different, you know, some players need a response. Some, some players need a, need a, need a shoulder to cry on. Some players need to kick up the arse. I think Arteta is kick up the ass FC. Do you know what I mean? And some players just don't respond to that. And your job, and this, I think this is where he's running into this season, your job is to get the best out of these players. It doesn't matter who the players are. 
you if if your whole team needs to kick up the arse, then give them a kick up the kick up the arse. But if your whole team needs a shoulder around yeah. uh, shoulder around them, uh, so an arm around the shoulder, give them an arm around the shoulder. Like I think he's very much rigid, and I, and I and I think he will learn that actually he needs to adapt and he needs to differentiate. It's like a good teacher, right? Like a really good teacher in a school or a, you know like like the teachers we had at college, right? The best teachers were able to look at every single individual student and go, okay, what do you need? They're teaching the class, but at the same time, they're offering, okay, this person needs to feel included, so I'm going to call them to participate. Okay, this student needs Mm -hmm. to feel like they've got an arm around the shoulder. I'm going to speak to them after class and say they're doing really well at the moment. They just need to work on these things. This student needs to be taken down a peg or two. They need to be called out in front of everyone and then explained why afterwards. Those sorts, you manage situations, you manage people. And you, this and student, you, you have to... Need to kick up the arse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, ma- you manage... That's what a manager is. And, 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 I, and I, I don't necessarily think the move from head coach to manager was a bad thing because I actually think becoming a manager means he has the power to do, as I, as I explained last episode, the things that he needs to do. But when you become a manager... That's what you need to do. You need to manage, and and you don't have that. Ex- and he doesn't have that experience, and he's learning on the job. And you can't have that experience until you are in that position. You don't know what it's like until you're doing, you know, doing an exam. You don't know what it's like until you're taking your driving test. You don't know what it's like until you're, until you're, you know, going out on a night out. You don't know what it's like. All these things in your life you can't speak of you can't speak clearly on until you've experienced them. Arteta hasn't experienced those things and he's experiencing them now. And we are the, we're not the beneficiaries of that. We're not the beneficiaries of Arteta 10 years ago doing his management. And we need to, we need to have an experienced manager because we believe that Arteta and his rigidity and his kind of the way he spoke might have made up for that lack of experience and he kind of learn on the job and, and do it quickly. But his adaption, his adaptation period has not been quick enough. And he's been, frankly, um, he's not lived up in terms of the way he speaks to the way he acts. Yeah. And that's that's what I've been saying for a little while about a few different situations in that I do feel that the way that he spoke after watching about, I'm, I know we can have the conversation as to whether that was because of the questions or whether that's because of the way the interview was handled or whether the two situations are never going to be carbon copies of each other. But I do feel that he deals with Granite Xhaka or Willian a lot differently to how he deals with Nicola Pepe. And this is what loses him respect in my eyes. So imagine how much respect it loses him in the dressing room. Yeah. And you know, is, I'm not yeah. a footballer for him. I'm just a fan. I don't. I can't do anything. Like I've just got to sit here and watch. Those players can revolt, and it seems like they are. And I think it's because a lot of them have lost respect for him because not not only are his tactics not working, but he's then starting to alienate people by treating them differently. And I could understand. Like it's almost like Mourinho alienating Danny Rose. Fair enough, Danny Rose called him out on it. But it doesn't matter anymore because... Seems like an arsehole, by the way, Danny Rose. Watch that, he looks like an arsehole. 
Have you watched him in the documentary? Yeah. You watched that scene where he I calls him out it. on it. I I don't know. I had quite a lot of respect for it because he because he had a few he had, he had good I mean, points. I respect the balls, but fucking hell. No, but as in he had a few good points in saying that you know, well, you've played me in one game and said I've played badly when the entire team has played badly, and then you've not played me for four games. So how do you expect me to play well if the team's not playing well and then you're mm. not giving me a chance to play well? I understood what he was saying and I respected him for having the balls and courage to do that. But it doesn't matter that. Um, Jose Mourinho has ostracised Danny Rose right now or that he's ostracised Deli Ali because Spurs are third in the league and they're flying you know it does I, matter that Arteta is starting to ostracise and piss off players that are coming yeah. out and saying that they want him gone or like you know yeah and, and also, listen mate ultimately you know we are in a situation where we we could we could sit here on this podcast and argue about whether he mistreated Pepe, whether the Guendouzi situation, we, you know, basically results decide those perceptions really publicly. Whether you know was that a right decision, the way to handle Jacker? Mm-hmm. It's the right decision if he wins, and it's not the right decision if he loses because that's the way yeah. things things happen, right? And that's fine. You know, I, I have my own personal opinions on it, on each of those situations, but that's whatever, and I don't really know what's going on inside the club. The problem is, is we are where we are, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't. We and and then and then it becomes unfortunately again the macro conversation around the you know the is who is who is who is at fault for these situations? What is the best foot forward for these for for from here from here on from fifteenth in the table on the nineteenth of December? Where do we go? And mm-hmm. for me, I, I will repeat what I said earlier on in the podcast. I don't. I I think if we sack Arteta, I think it's the wrong decision, and I think if we keep him, it's the wrong decision. It's I, I honestly, I think we have Arsenal Football Club. By the way, it's been managed for the last five years has checkmated itself. That's what's happened. Yeah. We have checkmated yeah. ourselves because we're in a, such a shit situation from poor mismanagement over four or five different dynasties over dynasties, four or five different sort of periods of management. Ten that years that we're here. Ten years, yeah, that we're here and. <laughs> Here we are. And if you want my personal opinion, if I'm going to sw- if I have to choose one, I'm going to say stick behind Mikel because the alternative is more of this and the future has looked bright under Mikel. That and and that honestly, that is all I'm clinging to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's and that's where we are. That's where we are. Okay, fair enough. Brad, it's been a pleasure. As per usual, the pleasure is always mine, my friend. Oh, stop it. Um, so listen, we have our Different Not Christmas special coming out on, uh, I think it will it'll either be Monday or Tuesday, probably Monday. But uh, keep your... Uh, keep your Little eyes and ears peeled. Eyes and ears peeled. Uh, we've got a lovely friend Andy coming on. And Brad and I are going to go up against each other in the ultimate football quiz to decide who actually is... The uh, the more fo- uh, footballistically proficient to coin a Arsene Wenger phrase. Um, look forward to it. We're recording at ten a.m. tomorrow. I'm actually I'm pretty drunk, mate. So <laughs> we might have to push it. You go. You <laughs> go. Yeah, we can push it. I'm free all day tomorrow, so push it to whenever. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Thanks so much for listening to us. Just thanks, chat guys. about Arsenal. I know it's depressing, but hopefully that was in, th- in some way therapeutic. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, Brad, pleasure. Pleasure as always, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. 
If you enjoyed that and you want to hear some more, please subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you use for a new podcast after every match. If you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon and find us on Twitter at Diffnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.